Welcome to the Hot Out Hoops podcast. I'm your host, Surya Fernandez, and today we have a very special guest. Israel Gutierrez from ESPN is here to talk about his new limited podcast, Four Years of Heat, now available on iHeartRadio. And it's all about the Big Three era during 2010 to 2014. And here with us is Israel to talk all about it. Well, again, yeah, thanks. Thanks again, Israel, for for uh, for joining us, uh, for talking about your new project. Um, you know, this is a really interesting concept for a podcast. Um, what was the creative ty- uh, creative process for this type of podcast like? It's a limited uh, series. And um, did you have to dive deep into your own archives to kind of jog your memory? Yeah, so it was interesting because, I mean... To be honest, I've never written a podcast before this. And so when I was asked to do it, I was I didn't ask for like a style or anything. I just kind of asked for like something to model it after. And, you know, so I got a couple of podcasts that were recommended. And I just was like, okay, uh, you know, it kind of feels like a documentary format to me. Um, so, you know, just bringing in a lot of different voices and conducting a lot of different interviews and then sort of combining <clears throat> all those voices to, to retell that story and... You know, it's there's a lot of perspectives, there's a lot of uh, voices, but you talked about like me going through my own archives. The great part about it is, you know, doing this with the NBA, you've got a lot of archives to, yeah. <laughs> to be able to pull from. And so any of the sound from, you know, those games or that happened on any of our partners, uh, I've got some access to. And so it's been a lot of fun, you know, whether, uh, whether or not you you know, you love listening to my voice, there'd be plenty of breaks because there's other people talking. There's, you know, a lot of play-by-play. There's a lot of, you know, uh, clips of the big three, uh, Dwayne LeBron and and Chris Bosh helping tell the story as well. But, you know, you get such great insight when you revisit it with, uh, you know, a lot of folks who, frankly, were interested in intrigue, not intrigued, because they talked about it all the time, but interested in talking about it. And, um, you know, so it was just, it was a lot of fun to do. And, but yeah, to answer your question, I definitely had to go back and just kind of revisit it all. Um, just, you know, look through game logs and box scores and recaps right. and everything else, just kind of put myself back there and, and remember some of those finer details, if you will. Yeah. And, and who did you uh, uh, interview for the podcast specifically? Uh, so we got, New interviews with, excuse me, Ray Allen, Shane Battier, Udonis Haslam, uh, Mario Chalmers. Uh, talked to Joe Kim Noah from the Bulls. Talked to Matt Bonner, Boris Diaw from the Spurs. <clears throat> talked to a lot of, you know, media people that were around and prominent. You know, Jim Gray, uh, who did the decision with LeBron James. Rachel Nichols, who probably did pretty much every national interview <laughs> right. with the big three during that time. Uh, Tim Reynolds from the Associated Press has been covering the Heat and the NBA forever. Uh, Dan Levitard, who's been in Miami forever. And so, yeah, just a lot of a lot of variety. Uh, a lot of Stan Van Gundy was another one. Brendan Haywood from the Dallas Mavericks. Just a lot of voices that just kind of, you know, were either around or with, you know, were in that time. Um, and yeah, it just kind of came together really nicely. Yeah. Okay, cool. And um, so the, the podcast, I noticed, makes a point to note that the release is kind of tied to the 10th year anniversary of the uh, 2013 championship, Ray Allen's mm-hmm. iconic Game 6 shot. Was that the inspiration for this podcast or did it come from somewhere else? No, that was it. Yeah, it was an anniversary type of thought, you know. Um, it was the second and last of the championships. It was 
arguably sort of built around that shot, really, because that would yeah. be, you know, the 10 year anniversary of that shot is kind of the, the one target date. Uh, and the one episode that we, you know, tackle the shot is going to be released that same week. So, hmm. um, yeah, that was that was kind of uh, the driving force of it. But just so happens that the Miami Heat being in the playoffs now make uh, it all seem like a really symbiotic relationship that we all planned, but yeah, yeah wasn't <laughs> planned at all. Uh, and how, how much of the podcast was, you know, what you uh, actually ended up with? How much of it was new even to you? Are there any surprises in store for even the most diehard fans? Yeah, yeah, there's, there's, there's a few things. I mean, even whether you, you know, even somebody like me who covered the team was around the team often. And even when I wasn't covering them was watching anyway, you know, digesting all this information, there are things that I learned. Um, there's a lot of people that even if they, you know, remember watching the games, it's just one example, remember watching the games from like the 2011 finals and remember LeBron not being himself. Like, I don't know how many people really dissected why like everybody just hmm. as time passes by they just think oh yeah he choked and it really wasn't just lebron not performing it was you know dallas mavericks doing something defensively to affect him you know the miami heat probably not doing enough to really support him in terms of variety of offense and things like that so diving into stuff like that there's other details there's a detail about the the shot and the end of the end of regulation in that game which i don't want to give away but um <laughs> You know, there's something there that I'm pretty sure most people don't know. Uh, and there's just a lot of little details about, you know, I guess people are just more willing to talk about things once it's already passed. And so, you know, when right. when you're talking about maybe LeBron um, not being fully on board with Eric Spolstra, maybe the first you know few weeks of the season, wondering what he was getting out of Spolstra. I think, you know, Mario Chalmers told me some things that, you know, it, it seemed like that was evident to everybody uh, on the team uh, early on. And so uh, he spoke about it probably in a way that he wouldn't have before. So, right. yeah, it's just there, there's there's even going to be some details probably in every episode. There'll be something, even if you're a pretty strong Heat fan, that you're like, huh, either I didn't know that or, yeah, I kind of remembered that. But, you know, thanks for reminding me. <laughs> right, right. I mean, yeah, it's been several years. It's It's been amazing how much time flies. And you were, I believe, with the Miami Herald uh, at the start of it, at yeah. the start of it and, and then you joined ES uh, right. ESPN in 2012, so kind of transitioned and did both. Right, right. And I, and I was just there maybe, uh, yeah, a little bit towards the tail end of the 09-10 season, but right. it's so much changed, like, overnight, literally. What was covering the heat like before the Big Three era, and and how much changed Oof. behind the scenes during that era? Because I just remember so it's so much buzz, so much excitement in the in the arena at the time. Well, traffic changed. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of traffic around the arena uh, during that era, more than ever, way more even than the Shack times. Um, it was the place to be. But yeah, things changed. I think even um, when you had Shack around, right. I think it became more of uh, okay. We are we are an organization where a lot of eyes are going to be on us, and um, I think they were a little bit more careful. I think you know people didn't say or speak as freely, maybe you know, because it's just like oh, maybe that'll be taken uh, or overblown or what have you. So yeah. there was a little bit of more like of that feeling as you sort of went on it after they win championship uh, the championship and stuff like that. The the sort of constant and good thing that was you know throughout those eras was Dwayne Wade, where he was basically just a good guy to the media. And 
a good guy to talk to and was willing to. And right. so it felt like there was always good vibes covering that team. Like it was never, um, you know, you get these feelings sometimes when you cover other teams, you hear conversations. It's like, oh, maybe the Lakers at a time back in the day weren't the, the best team to be around covering because they didn't treat, whether it's the players, whether it's the PR staff, it uh, didn't treat the media in the right way. Well, that was never an issue with the Heat. And so I think when LeBron and Chris came by or joined the team, yeah, there was a little bit more, a little bit less access, if you will, mm -hmm. but not much less because, like, they kind of looked at Dwayne and said, well, Dwayne's doing it all the time, and he didn't back off. Yeah. That's South Florida Thunder here. Yeah. Uh, and he didn't back off. Uh, so, you know, I'm going, I, we're equals, so I'm going to um, do the same media availabilities. And uh, so in that respect, it was it was great. Like, I don't think there's too many teams, too many organizations that would be as flexible, as sort of open to the media as they were at the time, given how big they were. Like these days, you'd probably get a lot less access. And, you know, that's a combination of things there. I'm sure the pandemic sort of played a part as well. But right. um, but it wasn't really that much of a change. And I thought that was great. I thought that, you know, sort of um, let the, the people or the media people that were around them on a regular basis maybe have as much of the story that they needed so all these narratives that were being built by people who weren't around all the time could be countered with truths you know what i mean so i thought it was great it was a great time to be around them um you know it, it got stressful for a lot of the people who worked there and there was just a lot more demands but i didn't work there so i didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> right right and 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 even during that time it felt like Twitter was kind of exploding, uh, like social media around that time. With like the the way to cover a team also kind of changed, and the way the optics of this team, uh, I think, and, I, and I'm not sure about you, but do you think that the decision special ultimately was maybe a mistake, or do you think LeBron would have been vilified regardless? Yeah, there was no good way to do it. Um, yeah. You know, the the idea of having all that money that he raised go to a charity that helps, you know, young kids in this country is something that people wildly overlook. It's just like, yeah. oh, okay, so you just want to make fun of his ego and not, uh, you know, discuss that he is trying to help people uh, because, you know, the concept being, how's it really different than a press conference? It's just, you know, the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the part where it was seen as a problem was not so much that it was look at me, but more so that it was, hey, I sort of scorned those people in Cleveland and they kind of spent a good amount of time loving me and like wrapping sort of their worlds around me and I sort of represent them more than any other athlete and all that stuff yeah. was just like thrown in their face like with, with the special and, and the, you know, I think the part about LeBron's whole story is if you just look at it in a tiny window, like just look at it in 2010 to 2011, you're not going to get the full picture. Like you've got to see, like it's been 20 years, first of all. So he's got a lot to look at. Yeah. But even in that span, like if you talk about the decision without talking about the next off season where he says to Rachel, um, Hey, yeah, I'm sorry. Like I didn't see that. I didn't have the foresight to see how they could be hurt. I'm sorry to them. Like I, I apologize and <clears throat> basically fixed that not, you know, for good or not perfectly, but uh, addressed it for the first time and, and felt like, um, 
you know, it, he closed the loop on that. Not as, as much as he closed the loop when he came back to Cleveland, of course, but it was something that, you know, we get over that. You know, I, I've, I've dealt with it. I've processed it. I've apologized. Okay, we can move on. I'm not that same person. I probably wouldn't make the same decision. And so I think, you know, that's why this was such a, an important part of his career. Like, does he become the greatest player of all time? You know, debate amongst yourselves, but does he become that player if he doesn't learn how to win this way, if he doesn't, you know, how to learn how to lead this way. And right. all of that was was enhanced starting with the reaction to the decision and then with the his reaction to, to Eric Spolster and then the organization's defense of Eric Spolster and then, you know, just all of it, all of it to the way he responded when they lost to the Mavericks and that quote that just does not make him look very good at the time. And then, you know, just the daggers that he felt afterwards. So, like, it's such a, a, a forming, like, it's a formative time for his career. And, you know, I think that's probably, and it's not a LeBron podcast, don't get me wrong. You know, we talk about everybody, but yeah. he's at the center of it, of course. Of course. You know, it, yeah. was, it was him and them um, trying to make him into a champion with a championship ca- uh, caliber cast around him but also a championship organization and once he learned how to do that and he took off it was the perfect you know like he said four years of college for him so it's you know stories within a story yeah. uh, but he's obviously the main character yes definitely and i'm not sure if he's the main character of, of the podcast and um just to refresh it's called four years of heat it's uh, eight episodes i believe on iHeartRadio. Yes. um uh, i i know the focus is going to be uh definitely on on lebron and wade and and, and bosh but were there any other like lasting after effects of the big three area era with the NBA in general, the franchise? Yeah. I mean, if you just start with, you know, whether it's player movement, right. I I don't think people before LeBron really thought that somebody of his position would change teams at that time, much less not just change teams on a whim, but kind of set himself up for that possibility, right? Have, Hey, if Cleveland doesn't win me a championship within seven years, I know my contract ends at the same time as these guys, and I'm going to give myself every opportunity to try and build a winner because a champion, because seven years feels like about the max to where you want to be like, all right, I got to start winning championships now. If you're LeBron James, like say, what was it? uh, Jordan was what year? Eight, eight, nine, something like that. But um, so you have, that sort of freedom of movement from players, I think, is one of the the main impacts. But when you talk about just on the court as well, like, look what the San Antonio Spurs had to do to to beat that team. You know, yeah. you can say the Ma- the Mavericks did obviously beat that team as well, but the Mavericks defeated not the best version of that team. They defeated a team that really wasn't ready for a lot of what the that Dallas defense offered, and LeBron wasn't really ready for you know the type of game and the sort of the, the mid-range that w- they were forcing him to play. Um, but by the time they got to the Spurs and the Spurs beat them, like they had to create this situation where they played practically perfect basketball. Like go look at those numbers in games three and four on the road in the NBA finals and they're shooting 75% for a half. It's just, yeah. it's unbelievable. <laughs> and so, uh, the, and that not only was the product of, of LeBron Dwayne and Chris and what they created for, you know, other teams to, to counter them. But it showed you how you can win playing basketball at its best 
not having to have the same athleticism or the same, you know, I mean, yeah, the same abilities as some of these other players. You yeah. can play the team sport and still overcome. And so you look at sort of a combination of that was probably the, the Golden State Warriors where they had, you know, even better shooting, but also, you know, move the ball with that whole Spurs thinking and that. Um, and all of that sort of was the after effect of Miami because Miami did that well too. Like they, mm-hmm. they pushed the ball and then just made sure that everybody else on the, on, on the floor was a threat, especially since from that second year on with them. So yeah, I think there's a lot of ways this team changed the league. Awesome. Okay. And then last question. I know you're focused on, on the four years of, of the big three era. Um, I don't know if you deep dive in, into the after uh, the, the, you know, when, when Bosch, uh, LeBron did leave, but if Bosch had stayed healthy, how successful do you think the Heat would have been post Big Three era? Um, yeah, I mean, it's funny because we get into a little bit uh, early on with the idea that during the decision, like while it was happening, LeBron and Dwayne hadn't really spoken for three days. And so Dwayne was kind of convincing himself, like, hey, maybe me and Chris is going to be good enough. Like, this is a pretty good combination. We don't need him. And then, obviously, <laughs> LeBron said Miami, and, or he said South Beach, and everything changed. Yeah. But once it did become uh, Dwayne and Chris, and I think Dwayne had successfully, I feel like, met, uh, worked through some knee issues when he was needed to be that explosive again for the big three. But I think his game was effective enough even after that um, where he was still, you know, in a Toronto series, I think give you a 38, you know, in a playoff game. And so if Chris had stayed healthy as being not just like the perfect big man for the the adjusting for the uh, shifting league, but just a great defensive big man and Mm. probably, you know, one of the best, if not the best pick and roll big man defenders in that time, I think they would always have been giving themselves a chance. And I think, you know, there still would have been players, perhaps somebody like a Jimmy Buck, uh, a younger version of him, but um, wanted to play there. Been like, hey, I can fit that role perfectly and and maybe, you know, unlock one more championship out of that. So it, it's one of the, you know, the sadder parts of it. And fortunately, I don't have to get into the Chris Bosch uh, illness, uh, blood clots and, and what forced him out of the game. But uh, to answer your question, I think, I think they would have, you know, I mean, it got to a second round uh, with Dwayne and Hassan Whiteside. And uh, I think with a healthy Chris Boss, it probably would have gotten through, probably would have had a, a finals push with a year, within a year or so. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll never know. But we, we have the four years of heat. We have uh, a very, very comprehensive look back on that. I think every Heat fan, every NBA fan should listen to this. Uh, Israel Gutierrez, um, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I, I look up to you personally. I mean, I think you've done an amazing job with your career. Um, and it's been a pleasure. Thank you, man. It means a uh, it means a heck of a lot. And just like just being a voice in this, even as a host, is great. But just being a voice in this and something that like you know you can hang around forever. This podcast can be you know in somebody's phone or in somebody's uh you know life for forever. And just going back and, and thinking about those times and the fact that I'm a part of it like it feels really cool. So um, yeah, yeah, thanks. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, thank you again, and uh, hopefully we'll talk soon. Yeah. All right. Take care. All right. Have a good one. Bye bye.